Thanks, John. Morning, everyone. I'm feeling a bit jacked up on pain and flu medication. So if I get a bit excited, it's because I've taken the ones with caffeine in. And I don't normally have that much caffeine in life, so this could be a bit crazy. Um, but yeah, so... I'm looking forward to this morning. I think it's going to be fun. Um, as you know, as a church, we don't believe in passing around buckets on a Sunday morning. We do it termly where we get together and we actually stop and think about this. And hopefully for those of you who are regular members of this church, this morning isn't a surprise to you. Hopefully it isn't a surprise that we're going to talk about money. Hopefully it isn't a surprise that at the end of it, I'm going to ask you to fill in some forms and respond. Is it a surprise? No? No surprises? Good, okay, because that means you've been reading light news and you've been in church for the last two weeks. That's a good test to know uh, where people are up to on that. And uh, this morning, I'm going to talk specifically about the idea of acting justly with our money. Um, it's not often I get woken up in the night, actually, by God when I'm preparing for a sermon, but this was one where I got woken up and felt like specifically in this that God had a word about acting justly with our money. So we're going to have a look at that. Firstly, though, I want to introduce you to a lion, okay? It's not Aslan, and it's not the Lion of Judah. It's Lenny the Lion. Does anyone know who Lenny the Lion is? It's quite a famous lion, Lenny the Lion is. Um, if you don't know who he is, it probably means you haven't been to Weatherspoons, or you're not a child like me. Uh, when I go to, um, yeah, to, to restaurants and stuff, I'll often um, do the, the Dr. Dot and that kind of stuff, uh, do the kids' activities. I even send Gemma photos when I'm not with Gemma of the activity that I've been doing. Um, now, just to get us started, um, can anyone spot any differences? There are five on here. Oh, I need these a bit louder. What have we got there? Okay, yeah, what's, what about the tail? He's missing the tail. Yeah, he's missing the tip of his tail. Okay, we've got back leg from Richard. What's different about the back leg? Yeah, one on the right is black and white. We've got a zebra leg from, uh, from over there. Anyone else spotting anything? It's quite hard. The guys at the back might stand a better chance. Yes, Emma, what have you got? The pupils are different. You've got the hardest one. So the reason that Lenny is famous is because there are five on here, and everybody could only spot four, and that's the missing one. That's the missing one that no one could get. So there are actually easier ones, but our screen isn't um, letting, those, letting those loose. What have we got down here, Rob? The head. Oh, yeah, you've got hairs on his head. Yep, great. What else? Yeah, okay, whiskers. Yes, yeah, so that's, that's a hard one to spot, but if you, uh, if you look, the one on the right-hand side has actual whiskers. The others just have spots. Perfect. I think we've got most of them now. Um, can you click over to the next slide? Yeah, oh, I've put tufts of hair on his chin. It's not. It's on his head, actually. Um, great. That is, uh, that is Lenny the Lion, Spot the Difference, the hardest Spot the Difference available to you in Weatherspoon's pubs. Although he's actually retired now, um, they actually put out a retirement message for, for Lenny the Lion after such an amazing entrance into the world of Spot the Difference. And um, this morning, I, I want us to have a little think as we look at uh, giving and justice. At, uh, at, I want us to have a think about two passages and do a bit of spot the difference there as well. So if you're ready to keep playing, uh, spot the difference. This is the bonus round. Okay, um, we're going to go into the bonus round now. This is, uh, this is Acts, um, and uh, this is what it says. It says, all the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claims that any of their possessions were their own. 
but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that there, was, there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales and put it at the apostles' feet. It was distributed to anyone who had need. Okay, and then moving on, our other spot, the different aspect. Um, oh, no, next one, please. I think we're through that one. Great, and then we are in Mark's gospel now. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many people threw, large, threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples, Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything all she had to live on. Okay, spot the difference there. Spot the difference. Anyone want to get us going? Totality, that is a similarity, isn't it? There's a, there's a totality similarity there of giving almost everything. Giving, there's nothing was off the table for both groups of people. Yeah, massively. What about the characters? We've got different characters here. Yep. Yep, okay. Yeah, so sacrificial giving is in there. Brilliant. Then we've got two different kinds of characters. We've got, we've got the, yeah, we've got wealthy and poor. Or um, we've, we've actually got the disciples of Jesus Christ and a widow here. Why do the disciples give? Yeah, exactly. There's, uh, there's something in this that the disciples give to make sure that there's no needy people among them. But the widow gives, well, her giving's a little bit more complicated. Yeah, she gives to the temple. Does anyone know what a widow is a symbol of or what the orphan is a symbol of in the Bible? They're the symbol of the poor and needy in society. They're the symbol of those who actually have no, no rights, no support, no one there in the structure around them. Today, when we talk about widows, widows are able to earn, they're able to look after themselves, they're able to live. And if they aren't, we've got a great support structure around them, social services and the like. However, widows, orphans, and foreigners were living at the mercy of those around them. They needed people around them to support them in society. And that meant um, actually giving gifts to support those people. It's even a specific command in the book of Exodus. Do not take advantage of the widow and the fatherless. And so the difference between these two stories, the thing we're trying to spot here is that when the disciples give, they give to eradicate poverty. They give to eradicate need within those around them. However, the widow, the widow's giving as a form of injustice. When she's giving, it's the religious people at the time taking away from those that they're meant to protect, those they're meant to look after, them profiting off the poor and needy in society. And if you look at this passage in context, it actually comes at the end of the period when Jesus is in Jerusalem. 
And for those of you who know Mark's gospel well, where this comes from, Jesus' time in Jerusalem is bookended by two instances. It ends with this incident of the widow's might, but it begins with Jesus turning over the tables in the temple and saying, that's not right. You're taking advantage of the poor. You're stopping poor people coming to me. Begins with tackling injustice, and it ends with an example of injustice. The church, the temple, is designed to benefit the most needy in our communities, the most needy in our society. You see that in the way that disciples give in Acts. But when we look at this message here of the widow's might, we see her giving everything, but we see her giving everything for the wrong reasons. She's giving everything because people are benefiting from her rather than being the benefit to her. This idea that the, the temple is corrupt from beginning to end. So before we start thinking about our giving and our response to justice in giving, I want to challenge us with a thought about our heart. Why do we give? Are we giving for the right reasons? Are we giving to get? And it might be that actually, you know, in, in teaching, you've heard that you know, giving is to get. It's giving to get blessed or to get right with God. Give the right amount, the exact percentage or a couple of pennies even within your income that fits within that right bracket. Are you giving to get? To get blessing or to get right with God? Because ultimately that's what happened with the widow there. She was brought into a system where she was giving to get right with God because people told her if she gave, then she got right with God. And that isn't what the message is about. It's not about giving to get right with God. I'll tell you now, you already have access to every single spiritual blessing through Jesus Christ. God is not trying to exact some kind of gift from you as if he needs it. God doesn't need it. God is God. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. He doesn't need to be, exact, to be exacting a blessing or a gift from you. So don't think that when you're giving, you're giving to get, because that's not grace. It's not grace. We're here this morning to excel in grace. And if you look in 2 Corinthians 8, Paul teaches us about a church in Macedonia that excels in the grace of giving. And why do they excel in the grace of giving? They excel in the grace of giving because they have patterned after Jesus Christ. We're in the, uh, we're in the middle of a series at the moment about knowing Jesus about getting to know Jesus. And what it talks about in 2 Corinthians 8 is it talks about getting to know Jesus and the way that he lived changes the way that we give. And it uses this, uh, this phrase. It says, um, our Savior who was rich but became poor for our sake. That is the person who we are following. Jesus was rich and yet he became poor for our sake. That's the likening that Paul makes at that point when he's talking about excelling in the grace of giving. Jesus was rich but became poor for our sake. Jesus gave everything when he was on the cross. So it's important that we as a church get good at the grace of giving. Wouldn't it be great if when people looked in as the way that Paul did on the church in Macedonia, he was able to say, these people are great in the grace of giving, a grace upon our lives. 
So, can I ask you this morning to, to think about doing some spot the difference in your finances? Do finances look like the grace of giving that Christ had when he walked on the earth? Giving yourself in the way that God made you rich so that you might know him. Giving in a way that God made you rich that others might know him. Rich in spirit, rich in mercy, rich in grace. Place and spot the difference. Do your finances look like the early church? Giving of yourself, of your time, the way that God has made you rich in the way that you might make others rich. Rich in his mercy, rich in his grace, rich in blessing of his provision for those who need it. Or do your finances look more like the temple model, more like the model around us, taking what we can for ourselves and ultimately using a system that's designed to benefit others to benefit ourselves, hoarding up for ourselves and preventing acts of justice from being done in our community and in our ways of living and ultimately living in a way that's no different from those around us. And do a bit of spot the difference in your discipleship, in your walk with Christ. How has your giving changed over the last 12 months, two years, three years, whatever? Have you stretched more into that grace of giving deeper into discipleship? Because one of the things we can get caught up in is going, yeah, I want to go deeper in the grace of worship. I want to go deeper in the grace of prayer. I want to go deeper in the grace of the word. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. I want to go deeper. But we don't stop and think, you know what? I want to go deeper in the grace of giving. And I'm aware that this is a journey. And we'll all be somewhere on the scale of this. I'm not saying that right now our giving is temple model and way of the world, or it's over here and Jesus-level sacrificial giving. We're all somewhere on that journey. And you know what? This is something that we should all be challenged by this. I'm challenged by this as I've been working through this process. And where do I sit on this, this journey? Where do I sit in terms of discipleship? But I felt, <coughs> excuse me, that wasn't like an emotive moment. That was, uh, uh, yeah, the cold rearing up. Um, and Lenny the Lion as well, apparently, is in there. Um, but I felt, as, um, I, felt as, I, as I heard these two, these two verses from God, these two sections of Scripture from God, the question does your justice, does your, let's try again. Does your money do justice? Does our money do justice? Are we acting justly with our money? Because it's a fundamental of discipleship, isn't it? to seek God's justice here on the earth. That's what we're here to do, is to bring more of God's justice, God's rule, and God's reign, and God's way of living here on the earth. And you know, for some of us, we will need to make an intentional decision today to put our money in places that do justice, that do more justice than we're currently doing, that there is a greater grace of giving that will lead to a greater grace of justice, a greater outworking of justice. And so, for some of us this morning, 
that grace might look like giving financially to the church. You know, if you've been around us for a while, you know our heart is to love God deeply, to love one another genuinely, and to love our community compassionately. And you'll see that in action in many different ways. The Debt Center, Job Club, Food Bank, TLG Education Center, the, uh, the Community Fund, just examples, very visible examples of justice being outworked with the money that you give, that we give, into making the Light Church the place that it is today. So will you, as part of the community of believers, help us on that mission to bring God's love, God's justice, and God's compassion to our community and genuine love to one another who are part of this community? You know, and some of you will be sat there, perhaps this is the first church you've ever joined and wondering how much to give. Some of you will have come from other churches where uh, words like tithe are thrown around. Um, tithe is just a fancy word, by the way, for 10%. Um, so just for those of you not familiar with that one. Um, and uh, as, um, as my good friend Matt Barlow, name dropping, um, he points out on the Cat Money course that in the tithe, the New Testament Great, makes a great foundation, but a poor ceiling. And there might be some foundation work that we need to do today. For some of us, we need to build better foundations upon which we can build up towards greater levels of giving in the future. But if we set it as a ceiling, we'll always be working towards it and maybe getting ourselves to a certain percentage towards it and a step towards it and a step towards it. But let's make good foundations. Because if you look through the New Testament, giving goes way beyond giving 10%, as we've already heard, it, it, it forms absolutely everything, everything that we have. So wherever you're on the journey today, can I ask you to be sensitive to God and ask him that question? Is there a greater grace of giving that you want to pour out on my life? And as you do that, I want to ask you a question personally, which is, what kind of church do you want to be a part of? Do you want to be a part of a church that gives that justice might be done and that others might know the riches of Christ's mercy and the riches of Christ's grace? Or do you want to look like one that looks very much the same as the world around it and a temple model which Jesus came to overthrow, saying it's corrupt from beginning to end? And as I say all this stuff, please hear my heart in all this. The church isn't the only place where giving can happen. The church isn't the only place where justice can be done with money. And so for some of you, it may be actually a sense of calling towards giving in other areas as well. And we trust, we trust in that as a church, that God provides for us. He's never let us down. 11 years in, we're not afraid. We're not afraid. God provides. So that's the easy bit of the talk covered. That's the easy bit of the talk covered. And uh, I, I enjoy that laugh because it helps. Because it's uh, the easy bit. The easy bit. You know, I can, I can assure you today that when you make a decision about the amount that you're going to give, you'll change the way that you live around that. And eventually you'll reach a point where for some of you, you won't even notice that the giving's happening. And you'll adjust your lifestyle around that and you'll live in a different way. But it's a one-time decision, maybe two or three times a year whenever we have these, these, these teachings. But when we come into this whole idea of spotting the difference here, both parties were giving 
sacrificially, giving everything, giving 100%. And you know what? It would be wrong of me to stand up here and say, you know what? Giving is the amount that we give away. Because the fundamental part of giving actually is living. Is living. And we can make one big decision today, change the amount that I give. But every single day we're confronted with decisions that do justice with our money. Every single day we are confronted with opportunities to do justice in the way that we live and the way that we serve and love other people and demonstrate God to those around us. You know, we often sing these songs, don't we? Sing the songs of worship and say, God, take everything. Take all of me. Take everything I have. And then when it comes to our money, we say, have 10%, 12%. Doesn't make sense, does it? Actually, giving is as much about living as it is about the amount that you give away. And the truth is that in life, you will give absolutely everything you have away. Absolutely everything. Do you know why? You take nothing with you. When you die, nothing goes with you. You can't take any money that you earn with you to heaven. Probably quite good news for some of us. Um, But the truth is, we give everything away. Maybe we get things in exchange. Maybe we get some comfort. Maybe we get a coffee. Maybe we get um, a house, a car, whatever it might be. But we give it away. We give it away to the bank to look after for us. We give it away to relatives and loved ones when we pass away. We give everything we have away. It ultimately will not be ours. And that is why when the Bible talks about money, it talks about stewardship. Because we don't own it forever. We own it for a period of time. We don't own what's in our bank accounts. We don't own the plot of land we live on or the vehicle we drive around. And we don't own the phone that's in your pocket or purse or wallet or whatever it might be. We don't own those things. And so giving is as much about living as it is about the amount that we give away. So doing justice with your money. Yeah. Give away to see justice happen. Give of yourself, give of your time, give of your money to see justice happen. But live in a way that justice happens. And that's where the hard part comes in. As I say, the easy bit is making a decision to give. The hard part is a decision around how we live, the daily decisions, the choices we make. Do you value justice? Would that live out, would that bear out, going back to that point that Lyndon made last week, would we look different in the way that we live? the just thoughts, decisions, and choices that we make about how we spend our money. You know, this morning we can make some decisions and we can consider some things. But who is it you bank with? What's their status like? What's their ethical status like? Are they doing justice with the money that you store in their bank account, even if it's only for a few days until the bank account goes back down until zero again? But... You can make a choice there and consider that today. Who's your energy provider? Do they look after the environment in the way that they live? Is your money doing justice every time you pay that direct debit or every time you put some money on your meter? Sometimes the bigger thing is a choice not to do something. Perhaps not to buy something new. Perhaps replace it, repair it, reduce the waste that's going on around you. What about the food you're eating? Is it fair trade? Is it organic? Is it local? Are things local? These are things we need to think about. 
Because today, as we think about justice and our money, it's one part giving and it's one part living. That's the way we have to approach this and think about it. So if someone looked from the outside at your life, would they say, yeah, I can spot the difference. I can spot how this person has changed in the last 12 months. I can spot how this person has changed since they came to know Jesus Christ. I can spot that this person is living out and bringing God's justice on the earth. So I want us to respond today, and I want us to respond in two ways. Because I, I do believe that there are some people who will need to respond financially. They'll have heard from God today. You'll have heard from, from God over the past few weeks, and God will have been saying, yeah, actually, you know what? You need to start, or you need to increase your giving. And like I said right at the very beginning, unless this is your first time, it shouldn't be a surprise to you that we're going to ask about this. And if it is your first time, we are just visiting here, be blessed by this service. Be blessed by God's presence, but don't feel the expectation or compulsion to join in with this, because this is something for a community of believers in discipleship together, seeking God's justice in our community. So I want to make some time for that, first and foremost. And then I want to make a little bit of time before we have some worship to finish, to think just about lifestyle. So, can I ask everyone just to pick up their forms? I've left my form down here. Thanks. Pick up your forms. Um, it's blue. Uh, it looks like this. There should be enough pens around as well. Just take a moment and reflect and, and ask God. And trust him in all this stuff to speak to you. Because this isn't about me and it isn't about what I've said. It's about God and it's between you and him. What's going on there? But the question I felt like God placed on my heart is, are we acting justly? Are we doing justice with our finances? So I'm going to ask Sean just to put a bit of music on for us, just to uh, kind of fill this gap. You may need to speak to your partner next to you, but just take a few moments personally, quietly, before you, uh, before you write anything on here. And uh, when we're done, I'll explain what's going to happen next. But I'll just pray for us now. Lord God, we thank you that you trust us enough to make us good stewards of the money and the possessions and everything. That God, you, you give us good blessings that we might demonstrate you to the world around us. Lord, help us in this time to have a, uh, a genuine moment with you where we listen to you and hear your voice and know what is right to do to bring more of your kingdom through the way that we live and the way that we give. Amen. Take a few moments, listen to God, the music will play and I'll come back and explain what happens next.
Great. Hopefully you've all had enough time to, to pray, to consider, to, to fill in forms. Um, what we're going to do is um, we don't pass a bucket around, which means we don't actually have buckets, uh, which is quite awkward in this scenario. Um, so um, what we're going to do is uh, if, if everyone who's filled in forms can pass them out towards the edge of the room um, and uh, just you can fold them up and seal them. I think they're sealable, aren't they? Um, you can fold them up so that no one sees anything. And then Tarzan and, and Lyndon are going to collect the, uh, the forms on the end of uh, each of the rows. So if you just pass uh, left and right, depending on which side you're on in the room, I won't try and work out which way around that is. Um, so yes, pass that way. I don't see much passing going on. Some more energy in the passing, so I can feel like I've made myself understood. Um, great. Okay, and then um, the other thing that I'd like us all to think about is the rest. And say it's one part living, one part giving. And is there something we can make a decision around in our living where we can see more justice done? And I mentioned things like who looks after our money, the banking systems, the, uh, the people who we pay for energy, whether we make a decision not to buy or not to replace something, but to repair something, um, and where we get our food from and what kind of food it is. And ask us just to um, yeah, consider those things and make a decision, actually, yeah, I'm going to make a step in that direction too. So before we go into kind of hearing music and, uh, and, and singing worship songs around this stuff, just take, a, take another moment, just ask God in that. Is there something you're calling us to in terms of justice there? Maybe get out your phone, maybe write down a note, something that reminds you to go and do that. Set a reminder in your calendar to perhaps look at, um, you know, block out an hour just to look at different banking options, look at different uh, energy options. Perhaps a reminder that when you're writing your next shopping list to see whether you can change some things or buy more locally and that kind of stuff. Right, we're, we're going we're gonna to finish the service in worship this morning. So if you'd like to stand, I'm going to pray for us. Yeah, they're being collected. <clears throat> Lord God, let your justice come. Lord God, let your reign let your rule come on the earth and let it begin with us. Let it begin with our decisions. Every single day, let it begin with our decisions. That as we go through our days, as we go through our lives, would your Holy Spirit be there speaking to us? Would you show us how we can live in ways that bring your kingdom, that bring your reign and your rule on the earth. God, in this moment, would you speak to us clearly about our giving and our ways of living. Let us be a church that is known for justice. Let us be a church that is known as a place that excels in great giving. And God, I thank you this morning for each one of the decisions that has been made to step a, a step closer to you in a decision to give and a decision to give more 
in a decision to change the way that we spend. Lord God, we thank you right now that we are moving as disciples towards you and putting money in its rightful place. God, we seek to glorify you in every area of our lives. Lord, as a church, take us. Take all of us, 100% of our heart, of our soul, of our minds, our bodies, of our strength. Take it all and use it for your glory, we pray. Amen. worshipping him for the great things that he has brought about um, so it is going to be a bit of a celebration um, and I want us to be yeah celebrating the amazing things that we've done let's go for it I'm 
Yeah, thank you, Jesus. You have done great things, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Father, as a community, we just stand before you. Father, I just want to give you, we want to give you great praise. For 11 years, Lord, you have been our Jehovah Jireh through the generosity and faithfulness of your people. And by your spirit, you have provided for every single thing we have ever needed in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everything, Lord. (laughs) Father, by your grace, you have poured out through generosity and faithfulness resources that have enabled us to reach thousands of poor across this city to help people in debt to help children excluded from school, to prevent children from being excluded from school, to feed tens, tens of, yeah, hundreds of people, Father. Every year, thousands of people come and are fed, children are fed, Lord. We've helped people out of debt. We've helped people find work. We've created an environment in which your spirit has led people to know you and to be baptized into a community you've been an amazing God you're such a phenomenal God you've done so much for us and we thank you for the grace of giving that is on this church we thank you for everybody month in month out who puts you first and gives to your kingdom advancement that our lives reflect a life that truly believes that it's good to give father and it shows in our bank balance that we have a sense of ever-growing grace of giving in our own lives and across the church. Thank you for our community fund that meets so many needs unseen. Thank you for the recipients of that that are with us in our community, embraced and engaged in what it is to know you. 
Father, we give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise for the amazing thing you're doing through the Light Church in this city, and that we can partake in the grace, increasing grace of giving on our lives. For everybody who's made a decision to increase or become a regular giver, extending the grace of giving in their own life, we give you great thanks for that generosity, and we pray for them, and for everybody on that journey, we thank you that we're on a journey, all of us. But we're doing it with you, not under compulsion, but with cheerful hearts that our lives could possibly reflect some of what it is to know you and your justice into this hurting world. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's just give God a huge cheer for a great morning. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you, Lord.